thank you, Daisy Mamel. Your name is everlasting. Your love is everlasting. Cause us, Lord, to come into the depth of your wisdom and of your knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please have your seats. Praise the Lord. I think it will be a blessing when you become excited about the fast. I think it's better enjoyed that way than enduring it. All right, yesterday I asked you to remind me of something. Oh, all right. Good. I believe it's a prayer we should pray. Holiness or purity, not the purity that's here, has supernatural benefits. It's easy to love filth when you live in one. It's hot. When you enter some people's rooms, you will ask yourself, are these also human beings? Yes. The whole place is like a pigsty, And they are living in it. They see nothing wrong with it at all, at all. Somebody has to come from outside and say, what is this? And then they said, oh, it's not me. It is Rachel who did it. I told her to clean it. But you are living in it. When you are surrounded by filth, it begins to feel normal. If you are not careful. If you like roll your eyes, I'll teach you. You see, like in the Sunday service, we started talking about the power of habit and developing good habits. If you don't have a habit of a clean environment, even today, if God gives you a house in Runda, you will successfully turn it into the same big store. That's because it's become part of you. It's the habit you have. You don't love the teaching. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying some things. If that's how you see the teachings, it won't change you. Until you begin to see the wisdom and the revelation in what God wants you to see. That's why we're praying about, on this mountain, we're praying about being able to see, being able to hear. 
There are some people, their future husbands will chase them out. Not because they were unfaithful, but because they're too dirty. You have seen it with your own eyes before. Yes. The man will say, hey, no, 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 no. This is not what I bargained for. Ah, what is this? Please, they go, they go, they go, they go, they go. You see that after waiting years to marry, they are doing you, they go, they go, they go. One man took his wife back to the mother-in-law. Yes. Or the man disappears. Yes. Because he can't handle this. One man took his wife back to his mother-in-law because she could not cook. So, you see, is it Voltic bottle? Voltic. Do you have Voltic here? Uh, okay, so let's talk of Dasani. So, Dasani bottle. He put a sample of her soup in the Dasani bottle and accompanied her with the sample of the soup. In case the mother wants to make argument, Taste your daughter's soup. If you can live with that, then fine. He wasn't divorcing her. He took her back home and said, when she learns how to cook, I'll come back for her. (laughs) Some of you are not careful. You will do much later in your life what you should have done early. Yes. I didn't know cooking was very important until I became a missionary. And I had to go back and learn how to cook. And I remember the attempts of my mother to teach me. I think she taught me, but I forgot. Because at a point, I had people who were doing everything for me. And I think cooking is one of the skills you can easily forget if you don't do it often. Isn't it? Because it's step after step. If you've forgotten step one, the food won't taste so good. In fact, you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't even know how to cook. So I forgot, I think, after so many years, you know, I used to fetch water for my mother. Yes, like buckets on my head and go like from this junction all the way to the top of the main street, fetching water up and down. Then I became a leader in the same place I used to fetch water. So now when I'm going to fetch water, my fellowship members, young, young, they'll come and say, oh, Brother Raymond, they'll take the bucket. So you see me coming and people are following me with water. You know, so at a point, it just became normal that they'll now fetch water for my, they'll just make sure my mother has water. Yes, I, I became a leader so early. So I forgot many things and then I became a missionary. After eating bajia for a year plus, And I began to look like, I said, no, this cannot be my life. So you see, before you are carried back home, some of you, there's no home for them to carry you to. No home. There's no father anywhere. There's no mother anywhere. They'll just go and leave you in CBD. (laughs) And say, don't come back to that place. Leave, stay there. Do you understand? So, it's easy to just become 
so used to something that isn't good or right or pure is so easy. All right? But purity, not this purity, has its own supernatural things. And that's what I want to show you. So you see, when we are praying, you know why we are praying. Go with me to Hebrews 12. I, I need us to find time enough to pray this. But I also have come to know that praying without understanding is quite a very um, not so nice. Amen. Yeah. Verse 14. If we could just switch straight to the NLT. Work at living in peace with everyone. <laughs> Those of us who are warrior ladies, you should work at living in peace. Do you understand? Yes. Men love peace more than women love peace. Women don't love peace. You'll be surprised that sometimes the reason a man leaves a woman is because he has no peace. I think there's a DNA code in men. Unless the, the, unless the useless ones who are, who, are, um, like who are presented like A1. You know, those A1 brothers who sisters can chop eyes and go, get me this. Those ones, they, they laugh wahala. In fact, they, they are even worried that they are not treated that way. They, they understand. Like, they, why are you not giving me problems? But every correct man with a vision wants peace because a man functions better with peace than with problems. Do you get it? Good. Even if you don't get it, I'm teaching. The teaching is for some other people. Who knows? Yeah. So now, we must work at living in peace with everyone. You get it? And then the Bible says, and work at living a holy life. If you're going to be in ministry, you can't be like everybody around here. That is, if you're going to be in ministry, if ministry is your calling, there are some desires and some things you have to deal with them and deal with them early so that you can look at your life and you know that there's a period or I kept myself pure. If you take on the culture of the people around, there's a scripture I want to quote, but it always reminds me of somebody, and I don't like quoting it, <laughs> but it will explain very well what I need to say. I don't know now, I'm, because the person quoted that scripture a lot. But it was a hypocrite quoting the scripture. Do you understand? In fact, the scripture is for the Lord. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. 
NLT version. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you (laughs) to give your bodies to massage. To give your bodies to boys. To give your bodies to girls. Stand up. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Who have you given your body to? You are not married though. But as we speak, somebody owns you. And taps you when he wants. Somebody owns you. You see, a husband owns his wife. And that is an authority God recognizes. I don't know if you know this. God expects, if I tell my wife, you're not going to church. She has to obey me. Because the man is the authority over the wife. Do you get it? You know, there's a brother I see around here. He's like John Wesley. Yes. When I see the interaction of the brother and the beloved is like, the beloved is like the woman John Wesley married. (laughs) Don't ask me anything. (laughs) Yeah. And the brother is like John Wesley. Yes. When I read, I have a book I bought. I bought it some few years ago on Amazon. Yes. And it, it captures the story of Charles Wesley and John Wesley. Yeah, only that this brother doesn't have a Charles. Yes, John had a brother called Charles. He wrote almost all the hymns. Almost all the hymns you know. John Wesley, Charles Wesley. They wrote it. But and his brother didn't approve of his wife. You understand? And John Wesley endured the marriage. He didn't enjoy marriage. He married for a few years. They separated. And he was like that till the wife died. Yes. Even when the wife died, they didn't inform him. They buried the woman and much later informed him that she is dead. That's how bad it was. You get the point now. So, a husband owns, for lack of better words, I'm using the word own, his wife. That I speak from the point of authority. Do you understand? Yeah. And then the authority of the husband is Christ. Now, this way it gets very uh, murky. If you now a believer, let's say a woman, you marry a man who is going to be your authority, mind you, and then his authority is not Christ. Bas, you are finished. 
A man whose authority is Christ and is submitted to that authority will not give you an instruction that is outside of the scripture. Do you understand? Yes. Because he is mindful of his authority. His authority is Christ. And Christ loved his wife, the church, his bride, the church. So he loves you enough to give you instructions that are aligned with scripture. The opposite is true when he is not or he does not have the authority of Christ over him. That is why believers are admonished to marry believers. In case you're wondering. Yes. You're not going, if you're looking for love, find love among the brethren. You get it? Yeah, don't say I'm looking for love. Then you leave the church to find. The person you're married is Christ, his authority. And it will determine a lot of things. I can't give my wife some haphazard um, instructions. Do, do you get it? Yeah, I can't give her some useless instructions, which when I check, they are not aligned with scripture. But somebody can give you that instruction. So it depends on whose authority the man is submitted to. Are you listening to me? When your husband comes home and says, I have brought a girl so that three of us, we can enjoy ourselves. Don't, don't, Don't look surprised. It's a common thing around here. Now, what do you do? And he says, if you don't want, leave. He said, you chose a man whose authority is not Christ. Will a Christian husband do that? No. Are you listening to me? So, your body must be given to God, not to massage. Do you understand? Yeah. Not to the store owner in your neighborhood who gives you Big G for free. And by reason of Big G, he now owns your body. And the reason you must do that is because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and look at it, and holy sacrifice. The kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now let's ask ourselves if we're worshiping God the way we're supposed to worship God. Because a lot of times we think that, no, you know, we can do anything and still worship God. It doesn't work that way. Are you listening to me? Yes. It doesn't work that way. This is truly the way to worship him. Any other way will not suffice. Are you listening to me? Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I have found... And because this teaching is a record, I have to, whenever I have an opportunity, I have to teach like comprehensively. If you're ever going to give a message to a soul and say, listen to this, it, it should 
impact something to the soul. The behavior and customs of this world are very much strong in the church. This is the place I have come and I realize that born again does not mean that I should be different. It's a place I've realized that born again is the same with born against. Such that the people in Jesus' church, they think that even though saved, there is nothing wrong with them still continuing in the behavior and the customs of this world. So you see a young man who hasn't married somebody and calling her my wife. You haven't married her. You are calling her my wife. You haven't married her. You are kissing her and posting the picture for the world to see. I have, you see, it's like I have a deliberate courage to show you that you don't control. Who told you we are trying to control? Look at your life. Which life do you want us to control? That dirty life. Nobody wants to control it. You should know that. But you see, if you're truly saved, there is a way to live as a believer. It's as simple as that. If that offends you, you are not saved to begin with. And you can as well leave the church. When you are saved, there is a way to live. You can't go and take photo. You are seated in a bar with Tasca, with what? And then you, you post a caption like, yeah, who doesn't like it can go to hell. We are not going to hell. You are going to hell. And you, somebody has to tell you that. Okay, he's becoming a conference teacher. <laughs> Let me relax. Don't get it twisted that it will be okay to say I'm a Christian. You see, by the time you identify with a church, it's better not to identify with a church. But once you identify with, okay, church is far-fetched. Once you identify with Christ, it calls for a manner of living that is contradistinct to the customs and the behaviors of the world. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't marry my beloved. I cannot show you a photo of me and my beloved before we marry. Why am I taking photo with you? <laughs> no, the before after was a week or two to my engagement. Yes. Is it if you're a Christian, there's a way things are done. Yes. So the before was I, I think I have that photo. I'll request for it. Where we went to the studio a week or two, or I think a week before my traditional marriage. Yes. Not this one, I'm in the Garden of Eden. 
Oh, sorry. The Garden of Uhuru. So, oh, sorry. Uhuru Gardens. <laughs> Do you understand? Taking useless photos. Nah. I will send them. Some of you have taken photos you have hidden. It's under lock and key. It has a password. And it's so because you don't just know that. And if you were reading your Bible, you'll be at least informed to a certain level before I'm even teaching this. So you don't get, you don't see them be offended. Look at what he said. He has come to change our life. Which life? Which lifestyle? Which lifestyle? I've not come here to bring you any custom from another nation. I'm teaching you from the Bible. And the Bible says the world has its customs and the world has its behaviors. And that you shouldn't copy it. Mm. This pastor always trying to kill people's joy and happiness. <laughs> you have joy and happiness. You know, after you do some things, you know you are not happy. Yes. You know you are not happy. Yeah? There's a way. Let me tell you something. Live your life in a way that one day when you are instructing your sons, your daughters, you will do it from a clean place. You understand? Yeah. Don't be like that father who he came home and he saw um, a report card in the house. And the report was so bad. You know? 30 out of 100. 20 out of 100. DDCC. He called the son and started blasting the son. You're wasting my money. You're wasting my money. Foolish boy. Useless boy. You, you can't even pay attention and study. So the wife called him and said, please come. So it's not your son's report. It's your report. Like his old, old, old school report. They found it. <laughs> they found it somewhere. So he thought it was the son's report. And he started blasting the son. Asomwa, it was his own report. Did you understand? So the son <laughs> is only following the father's footsteps. Do you get it? Yeah, that's what I mean when I say <laughs> if my son sees my report today, do you see? I won't be ashamed at all, at all. If my daughter sees my Report, I won't be ashamed. But you, you know, you have a lot of Daudi on Geza. <laughs> so, somewhere in your mind, when you are rebuking yourself, you have brought DDD home. You, something will tell you, hey, Tulia, you are worse than. Come down. Come down. <laughs> we are not to copy the behavior, the custom of the world. He says, but let God transform you into a new person. Have you been transformed into a new person? You say you are in church. You say you are saved. Are you transformed into a new person? And how do you get transformed into a new person? By changing the way you think. Stano, 
you are transforming to a new person by changing the way you think. Some of us are saved. We are yet to change the way we think. You have been thinking the same way, the same style up till now, the same way. That's why you are in church and you don't see, you, you are not able to tell, oh, this is wrong. Oh, this is right. Oh, this, this is right. This is wrong. This is right. You can't tell. It's because your way of thinking is yet to change. And you see, when your thinking changes, your eyes see differently and your mind understands differently. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. People are here, they don't know God's will for them. They've been here for years, they don't know God's will for them. And even when you try to direct them, they don't want. Which is good. God's will is good. And pleasing. God's will is pleasing. And perfect. God's will is perfect. Say amen. Okay, back to my Hebrews. So, back to 14. Good. So we are to work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. Then he says, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. If you like argue with scripture, you won't see the Lord. Do you understand? If you like argue with the scripture. The scripture has said it, those who are not holy, is it that's where my message from last night, I believe it was last night, comes in. If it's not given to you, it's not given to you. Do you understand? So, this, I'm, I'm just showing you before we pray that this is the reason it is imperative that we pray for that hunger and thirst. For righteousness. You, 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 you are not perfect and nobody is. But there should be a hunger in you that all my life I will attempt to do the right thing. I don't know if you understand what I Like that hunger. Not this one that you do and you are relaxed in doing it. You have gone and you have stolen sex and you are comfortably sleeping. <laughs> you have stolen it all. Instead of, hey, what have I done? And you wear your panty and you start, you are, now you want to relax. Like a thief who you go to somebody's house to steal their television. You have stolen the television, all right. Then you realize there's jollof in the kitchen. Then you go and serve yourself a small portion of the jollof and you come and sit down to eat. Like you yourself, you don't, there is no hunger in you for the television. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no hunger in you for the television. Like, even food, you have stolen everything. Like one day when they, they ransack my house, you know, when they ransack my house, I noticed that they had also packed my clothes. That's a ransacking I will never forget. They took my laptop, they took my iPhones, you know, and everything. They took my watches and then removed, is it a 60-inch screen TV from the wall? Everything. Then I could notice when I got home, like, Charlie, they had time to pack my shirts. And, but then I think they forgot and left it on the sofa. <laughs> and they left. That if you are even going to, I think maybe they, they realized that, hey, one day, if you wear the shirt and the owner, I think that's when they advised themselves. Mm-mm. Then you remember that these are the guys who took my TV. You get the point now. Now you, it's not even clothes. You are going to eat pilau. After stealing, you have removed the uh, microwave, television, blender. You have packed everything. Then you, what's that? There's food here. Then you go and serve the food. What if the person has put sleeping tablets in the food? Then you eat the pilau and you sleep and the owner comes to find you in the house. <laughs> you wake up somewhere. <laughs> you, you now you are not a hungry thief. Yeah. The hunger should not be for the pilau, but the television. Do you get it? Yeah. That you see, that's what I'm saying. You're not perfect. And I doubt any of us will be perfect. But there must be a hunger that I want to do the right thing. That's the essence of the prayer. Because by my study of scripture, none of us is going to be perfect till Jesus comes. That for sure I know. None of us is going to be perfect till before Jesus comes. He's our perfection. When we see him, then we'll be transformed to be as he is. Are you listening to me? But that hunger to know that this is God's will. Let me pass here. Let me go here. Let me do this. Let me not do this. It's imperative to be in us to keep us going. And not having it is a very bad and a dangerous thing. Amen. Back to Hebrews. Quick. Verse 15 now. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that that watch out that poison that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many. That one we have seen in a quiet time already. That's if you have done it. Mm. 16. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless. Hey, now, let me see. What's your argument against my teaching now? Do you see that? There's no argument. Or that your shepherd is insisting 
that you do the right thing. Because we have some people in the church, if someone who has an authority over them tells them or tries to get them, oh no, this behavior is not for a believer. Please, then they start talking anyhow. The fact is that somebody has been mandated. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau. You're a shepherd. Now you're strolling everywhere in town with somebody who was your sheep. And you're so shameless that it doesn't bother you that somebody that I, I said I, I, I was bringing to church. You see, I'm, you, you, you will one day marry one of your souls. That's if you're correct. You understand? You want to marry your souls. Every farmer must, if you are a, a chicken farmer, you eat chicken. Yes. You can't be farming chicken for other people to eat. If you are a chicken farmer, you eat chicken. If you are a maize farmer, you always have maize. Yes. You marry your, one of your, in fact, if you are not careful, you marry one of your spiritual daughters. Yes. But the right way. He hasn't married you. The sheep is now your mdozi. Foolish girl. The sheep is now your mdozi. And he's telling you, you were the shepherd before. You were the shepherd before. You were telling the sheep that, you know, signs of backsliding. Judge my teaching and see if it makes sense. If, if you know what you, you to make sense to you, if, if you, if you know what is right, yeah, I can't force you to know it. Mm. Me, I keep telling you, I intend to live very long. 80 years. And I'm seeing some of you are now at 45. I say, you see, Mumu, all my teachings didn't change you. Mumu at 55. I, I intend to live long. Because when I see some of the choices and the behavior of people who sat in church, you know, sometimes I look at shamans and I'm wondering how many years of shaman pouring, pouring, and somebody will go back. If you are wondering why my teachings have become this way now, it's because I'm looking at all the effort, the hours of standing, the hours of teaching. Not to mention when we come for boot camps. Then after five years, the person goes back to square one. Then you ask yourself, so all those for what? You understand? Just like some of you are looking at me, I'm teaching. Eventually, you are going to be a kleptomaniac. You will be. So now I'm just telling you, I've decided to tell you in my teachings what you will be. So when you are, it shouldn't surprise anybody. Because some of you are getting surprised at certain things. Your career is arm robbery. 
Since the teaching is not entering to change you, we will see you becoming a full arm robber. This year, I will soon post your picture. Unless truly the teaching is changing you and then it is birthing in you a certain hunger. I want to do right. I want to be correct. I want to live a better life. Or if it's not, you will end up, is it the way to go back to exactly what you are going to be? Is to not take the teachings to heart. Oh yeah. Make sure. So when a shepherd is making sure, don't show them madarao. Do you understand? Yes. Understand that somebody is supposed to make sure no one is immoral or godless like Esau. One church collapsed. A church I know. A very powerful church that was thriving. The hall of that church was like twice this size. And it was filled. The pastor, also a missionary, had sons around who normally would sleep in the church. And the church was close to, is on a street where prostitutes linger. So everybody has gone home and these boys will go and bring prostitutes into the church and sleep with them. Today the church is no more and these boys are now busy. They welcome and receive important men of God coming from outside of this country. And then they bring the pastor whose church they collapse by all some of this nonsense to meet and greet greater men of God. You collapse my church. Then when I am uh, roasting maize. You say, hello man of God, are you available? There's a great man coming from Nigeria. I want you to say hi to, 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 to him. Can you leave the maze and come? I won't leave the maze. Mercy. He traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. There are people who treat their shepherding for sex. You trade a whole ministry for a momentary pleasure. Are you aware that when you have that sex, after a day or so, you forgot you even had sex? That's why it's called momentary. The pleasure is just for a moment. Oh yeah, the pleasure is just for a moment. But what you have lost in that moment of pleasure far outweighs the value of that pleasure. And which is what Esau did not calculate. And which is what many people don't calculate. You take your birthright which has a far value and then you say no, give me Gideri. That's why the Bible calls him a foolish man. Because the truth is that how can you exchange the spiritual for the natural? 
you know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Someday may you not be one of those people who have what we call bitter tears or what the Bible calls bitter tears. If anything keeps me going, it is that fear that one day I will cry bitterly. Yeah. If one of, the, one of the things which keeps me pushing, although things look some way and the people around me are some way, is the fact that should I give up and one day regret? And it should be something everyone must think. Should I give up one day and then regret and then have bitter tears? I, I wish I just held on. If you wonder why I'm holding on another year, this is it. That I may just say, ah, it, enough is enough. And then I will have a bitter tears. Or make a decision only to have bitter tears at the end of it. Take a move. Make a move. And then later, people don't think about such things. Yeah. I've decided. Yeah, that's it. Okay, what is the consequences of your decision? They can't think. You understand? They can't think. One man's life played before him. He had lived here for about 18 years. His whole life played before him the day he discovered he had HIV. His entire life played before him. I sat before the man as he narrated his life story and you could see the sorrow and the tears in his eyes. His whole life played before him. He did. Final scripture, Second Corinthians seven, verse one. This thing called time, eh? Having therefore these promises, do you have any promises in God? And now you're angry. Now you're angry. <laughs> this year I've told you it's going to be hot, hot. Yeah, it's going to be every, everything is going to be served hot, spicy, and chilly. Yes. So it's too early to get angry. Or start getting angry around June, July. <laughs> we are now starting this warm up. The first thing is warm up. Yeah. Having therefore this pro- do you have promises in Jesus Christ? This is why holiness is important. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Why should I desire holiness? Because of these promises. 
There is a promise on my life. There is a promise on your life. Based on those promises, do you understand? We must cleanse ourselves, all right, from all filthiness of the flesh. So there is the filthiness of the flesh. And then there is the filthiness of the spirit. You can't, the filthy, you can't be here praying f- from a bitter heart. Your spirit is filthy. It's been corrupted by bitterness. That's why I tell you, you can't be mean. Meanness is a spiritual thing. If you are mean, which you don't want me to say, you have filthiness of the spirit. Yes. Pride. 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 Yes. Hatred. You have to cleanse your spirit of the filthiness of the spirit. And then there is the filthiness of the flesh. Do you understand what you do with your flesh? What you do with your body? Mercy. And why should we cleanse ourselves? Because of these promises. Yes. There's a promise on your life. You're going to be a great man. Going to be a great man. You can't live anyhow. You're going to be a great man of God. Nobody has started calling you great man of God yet. Already there are 12 girls in the church you have entered relationship and out of relationship with. What, 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 your own formula for greatness is wild though. It's wild. And if you are to pastor that church, you soon see that you have a church of exes. Yes. It's a church of exes. You just have all your ex are in your church. We should call you Reverend X. Yes, Pastor X. In that one basanta, there are five boys you have dated. Are you listening to me at all? You see that your greatness won't manifest. Yes. The reason we hunger or must hunger is because of these promises. Yes. These promises. If you know where God is taking you eh, tomorrow, you start taking care of today, now. Oh yeah. Over the last couple of years, People have landed powerful jobs. Like there is always a life-changing job. I don't know if you know that. Like a life-changing job. Like a life-changing job is a job that pays you like two million every month. One million every month. In fact, let's not be greedy. Five hundred thousand every month. Life-changing jobs. At the time L.P. Berry was coming to work for me, she was being paid a salary of 300000 
Yes. If you see her walking around here, you say, I'll take, you are taking her for, she was earning a salary of 300,000. I'm the one who get the tithe. So I remember. <laughs> Opudo is making some calculations. He has finished the calculation. <laughs> yes. You see your life. Hmm. Hey. You, you are not dreaming of just 50,000. Yes. <laughs> and I don't have 300,000 to give to her. Ah, for, from where? No. You want to follow Jesus. Charlie, come, let's offer. Yes. I have brought her into suffering. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. It's so when you are here, you are thinking you are the one who are making some sacrifices for church. Hey, calm down. I say, calm down. So, Sometimes somebody get a life-changing job, 500, 600,000. The job is in this place. It's in this organization. And then they go and pull a tweet. How you spoke against the state house. You were on your way to the state house. And then something crops up from the past. How you insulted and then they say, oh, we are sorry, but we cannot allow you to. You made it to, you, one leg had entered like this, bam. And then they said, hey, remove your leg. Yes. We, we didn't know that, that that's how you think. So if you know where God is taking you, my dearest brothers, you will start taking care of what you do today. Rise up on your feet. After I've established this, no more teaching. It will now be prayers. Now, without a shadow of doubt, I've established it. So, anytime I raise this prayer point, I don't have to like teach about, oh, hunger for holiness before we pray. Now, I've taught you it is imperative. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Derek, do you understand? Good. Was that your mother in the photo? The photo you posted. There's a woman with a scarf by you. Is that your mother? Your mother. Ah, why? You're afraid to say it. Is that your mother or your girlfriend? I'm to make sure no one is godless. <laughs> I'm supposed to know him well. Yes, now. Those of you who don't want to go and block us. Block us. Yes. Some people have blocked me. Yeah, they blocked me. And I'm, I'm happy they have blocked me. Yes. <laughs> so I cannot see things. Yeah, but if he's my son or church member, I should be interested. Who are you standing with? Yeah. <laughs> I 
is generally always happy and smiling. I hope he's not a cover-up for some other bad tabia. Time will tell. (laughs) It's what I've said it with my eyes before. (laughs) When I pass him through the fire. (laughs) And you play rugby. You play rugby. Uh, So when I pass him through the fire, he'll try to break my leg. Mercy. You also come and find football leg waiting for you. <laughs> All right, lift up your two hands. Let's give God worship this morning. He is worthy of our worship. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ah, Mazedeke Paredele Makaparadabahai. Azuzanda Mazunde Bresta Kariadaha. Arende ne mesende ne mesende de vakapa Anta mayanta barada sanda damaha Ye mare do sumbre de skabahada Ah 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 Hashem 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 Peliso mare de sebereva Adonai, I worship you. Limbrosco paria damahazando robosundere. Recosomriandas cabaha. Adembereve simbo takezu. Vorebere terebe sinderebe capa. Ademere de macadene me sinderebehe. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise. I worship you, Lord, my King and my God. My Father and my Lord, I give you praise and I give you worship. Asanda makebere merede de vakapaha, izumara doska brendi di boskapa, ade meleke pado sanda na mahandia, igredo sumaranda la mazende de mesia, ozuza zanda mazanda la mahaba. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Now lift up your right hand. I want us to pray this morning for that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, if you are a shepherd, please listen to me carefully. Your work as a shepherd will become much easier when your center members hunger and thirst for righteousness. Your work will become very easy. It will be easy for them to do quiet time because they hunger and they thirst for righteousness. And indeed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So you can see how our blessedness is connected to our hunger for righteousness. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Blessed are they which do hunger and what? Thirst for righteousness. So that hunger, we must have it. Church, I said that hunger, we must have it. For they shall be filled. If you are hungry, what do you do? 
you eat. So if you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, before you know it, you are being filled with righteousness. So if you are a shepherd, this is a, a, a revelation for your ministry, your calling. My greatest problem in the ministry has come from a people who lack a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Don't take it for granted. If it's there, you'll see a different church. You'll see young men who wants to serve God and wants to God to make something of their life. You, you see your center is different. When there is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And as a church, I want us to pray that our church and then our churches will have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. That's the thing that will make people start asking, um, which church do you go to? People are posting nonsense on social media and you, you are always, they ask, who is your pastor? Up to today, nobody has asked you who is your pastor. <laughs> it's been five years. Hey, you understand what I'm saying? And then the members will behave in a certain way, which is different from every other person. Then they'll be asked, where do you go to church? Where you work, you work in a different way. They ask you, where do you go to church? And it is a secular place. You have been asked, where do you go to church? It's because they can see something. I want us to pray for a hunger and a thirst for righteousness in our lives and in the church. See, I've added these two things. In our own lives. I want to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Then I want the church to be filled with people who have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Lift up your right hand. Say this after me. Say, Father, make me to hunger and thirst for righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Say, Father, I pray for a hunger and a thirst for righteousness in the church in the name of Jesus lift your voice and pray pray for that hunger pray for that hunger create that hunger by prayer for and a thirst for righteousness in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Ira <laughs> 
Lift your voice, pray, pray, pray. Lift your voice and pray. 
Pray for that hunger and thirst. Amen. I want us to pray that God will give us depth and root in our faith. Amen. Listen, nothing in this world matters apart from your faith. If you make $200 million today, you enjoy it for one year, and God calls you home, it is useless to you. But where you are going as a believer or as a non-believer is what determines everything. To not have root and depth in your faith is to prepare yourself to backslide after two years. Listen, I've been a pastor for many years before I came here. Do you understand? Yeah, at least for close to 16 years. I've been a pastor. If not 14 or 15. Before I came here. Do you get it? And I have faced almost everything that you have had to face in this environment. The one thing that will keep you standing is death and root.
And many people come into Christ, but they are not conscious that I, I must develop root. It must go deep. It must go down. I must have depth. Like I must be deep in Christ. So they play and joke around and then something comes and knocks them off. When the wind and the storms blow, right? Try looking at the palm tree. There are many trees that will fall. You see the palm tree standing. Oh yes. Or the coconut tree. It's because they have tiny, tiny roots that go very deep. So we need depth. Say, I need depth. And I need roots. Yes. It is that depth and root that will ensure that Stano is still in Christ even when I have backslided. God forbid. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that depth is what does, it doesn't shake you. When you see somebody, listen, in my small years, I have seen people who I admired. When I was in high school, there were people I saw who I admired. They could pray for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. I used to literally see these people and I thought they were spirits. Fast forward a few years down the line, they don't even say anything about Jesus anymore. I know one right now, he has everything bad to say about the church and about the message we preach. Yet, that's a young man who never slept for how many years? I knew him, three years. Every night, the guy would be down, down, down in the bush and you could hear his voice in the whole campus screaming and praying in the bush. Today, he has nothing to say good nothing good to say about Christ. He was my senior. So if I didn't have depth, I'd say, hey, if spirits are behaving this way, do you understand? But I develop my own root and I develop my own depth. So whatever he has become now is of no consequence to me or on me. It, it, it can't impact me. I've come to know the Lord for myself. And I've tasted of the Lord. And I've seen that the Lord is good. That, that ability comes from having depth and root. As some of you take useless friends in the church. You see Stano's friend is Derek. Then when Stano becomes some way, you see that Derek will fall away. Why will he fall away? He has no depth of his own. He has no root of his own. So I want us to really pray for, for root and death. Is, is that fine with you? Your majesties, are you alright with the prayer point? <laughs> Say, oh Lord, give me death and root in my faith in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Pray for death. 
Pray for Ruth. Yes, yes, yes. Pray for it. Pray for Father, I pray for members with root and depth in you. Father, I pray for a church that has root and depth in the name of Jesus. Fill the centers of God with members that have root and death or desire root and death in you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Feel love springs international church with members that have root, with members that have death. In the name of Jesus, Adaboshanda Zigaya, give me members that desire root. Give me members that desire death. In the mighty name of Jesus, my Lord, my God, I pray for the church. You will fill us, Lord. You will endow the church with men and women whom you have given roots and death to in the book Ayetalamabad Veresimbrakarol Remborabarandelemazimba Rakayo Maratolamazai Iziyama Zemberebebebe Ligradu Kapai Ademele Mala Ademele Mala Ademele Mala Ademele Mala Ademele Mala Ademele Mala Bayikatapai Karazumbaradara Rebuzaka Ayaba, 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 Aya
Give root and death, Lord, to my children as they get close to you, Lord. I pray they develop roots and they develop death in their faith and in their walk with you. My Lord, my God, I pray for root and death for my children in the name of Jesus that they may know you, that they will grow to know you, that they will grow to love you in the mighty name of Jesus.
that is teaching us about the things that cause us to backslide. If there is anybody you know who you now see and they backslided, I can tell you for sure one or two of the causes underlying that backsliding. I want us to pray that God will heal the areas of our backsliding. You see, the danger with backsliding is that there is no signpost. Like you don't get on the road and then as you are going, you say, you're on a road of backsliding like there's a signpost. There's no such. That's why you can easily backslide and not even know. Do you get it? And if you want, what is backsliding? The backsliding simply means you are today what you, you, you were not before. So for example, you used to pray three hours. Now you pray two and a half hours. Tell you are falling. Is that not a fall? Yes, it's a fall. If you ever wonder why I fight to never change, I have many reasons to have adopted bad, bad, bad habits. But the fight to just remain the same is because, my brothers and sisters, you don't know what you yourself can become. If you sleep, when you just sleep, you take one sleep, that's it. You enter a world that you see, when you are going to smoke your first bangi, you are just trying it. When you are going to drink your first vodka, yes, I'm talking to you, you are just trying it. You didn't know that you will now become a vodka merchant. You didn't know that every weekend, after that first bottle, you'll be the one inviting people to your house with one carton of vodka. And start drinking from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I've not mentioned your name. Just accept the teaching. You didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know you would go that deep. And that should always warn you. The next time you're going to do something. Is it when some people go to the beach. They just go and step in the, the water. Like they try to see. Right? But somebody enters and goes deeper. The next time you are attempting to do something which is not something you normally do. Like they brought you one, one stick of cigarette. Ask yourself, do I know how far this one stick will take me after the stick? And it will always caution you what to do and what not to do. So we have areas of backsliding. Some of you, you were really good shepherds. Right now, you are even ashamed that you are called a shepherd. You haven't told anybody, but I know. You, 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 you. Right now, you are so ashamed that somebody calls you a shepherd. I have not mentioned your name. So there are areas of backsliding and we need God to heal it. If not some of you, you, you like this, like those joke, joke, joke like this, you will fall out of shepherding. I'm telling you. It's what I've said. I, I'm, I'm your pastor. I think you don't understand. I'm, some of you think I'm your boyfriend. I'm your pastor. 
allow me to show you that this thing can lead to this. Do you get it? And this thing can lead to that if not checked. If I show you the little things that leads people out of their pastoral calling, you'll be shocked. So, let God heal your area of backsliding and you, better than anybody, knows your area of backsliding. Last October, you returned to your Jebu. That's your area of backsliding. <laughs> Ever since, as for this shepherding work, it has, it's now feeling like a border. Because you must give your Jebu more time. You are backslided. Hey, lift your right hand. Oh. Before you get angry and not pray the prayer. Let me give the prayer quick so you will not get angry and not pray it. Say, oh Lord, heal every area of backsliding in my spiritual life. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and begin to pray that God will heal every area of backsliding in your spiritual life. Brothers and sisters, this is an important prayer. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for yourself. Um, Heal and restore 
my spiritual life to a higher dimension. Heal us, O God. Heal your church. Heal us, Lord, in the area of soul winning. Heal our backsliding, Lord. When it comes to the great commission, my father, my father, resurrect my passion for souls. Heal once more my passion and desire to see souls saved and growing in you. Help me, Lord. Heal our area of nurturing souls, bringing souls to maturity. Heal our area, O oh God, of shepherding in the church. My Lord, my God, Rabba <laughs> 
Zamba Zumbra Kapaya Erabolaba Eraboyaba Eraboyaba Adekate Mare Para Zumbaria Erabarabaraba Erabarabarabaraba Erabarabarabaraba in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to give this last prayer point, which will lead us on another tangent from tonight. I want you to pray that you will become a willing clay in the hands of the potter. The problem is we are too set in our own ways. Go with me quickly to Jeremiah chapter 18. Give me the NLT straight out. Jeremiah chapter 18. Watch this. Jeremiah 18 from the verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop. The potter's shop is like a church where God is working. Do you understand? And I will speak to you there. In fact, Jeremiah himself has to be a willing clay. Go down to the pot. I'll talk. I can talk to you here. But I want you to go there. When you are there, I'll talk to you there. That's the reason we've come to the mountain. In Exodus 19, 20, God called up Moses and said, come up to the mountain. I want to talk to you up in the mountain. Do you get it? Yes. So Jeremiah has to be, had to be a willing clay for himself to go down to the potter shop. Verse, move. So I did as he told me. And you see, if we are not willing, we can never do as we are told. Many of us think that somebody is trying to sit on my liberty. Nobody is trying to sit on your liberty. The problem is there is a lack of willingness. Yes. I did as he told me and found the porter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. <laughs> I have to teach from this place one day to be very hot. I'm trying to transform you into a particular shepherd. You have not turned out as I hoped. God is trying to transform you into something. You are not turning out as he had hoped. So, what does he do? He crashed it into a lump of clay again and started over. What some of you hate is for you to be crushed and for you to start over. 
If I tell Pastor Edwin, go and do center. Now, you see, he's, he's real. I said, now, I want you to be a center of us here. Yes, go and do a center. Happy Berry, go and do a center. I have crushed the clay. I said, I want to start over. You see all kinds of reactions. The reason we get reactions is because we are not a willing clay. I have told you, move from Embakasi and go to Apache. You started crying. Move from HQ, go to Apache. You started crying. You are not a willing clay. And I've not mentioned anybody's name. The people at Apache, are they monkeys? Elvina is at Embakasi. That, that makes her a she monkey, Abby. That I've sent you to go and meet her at Embakasi. It has become tears in your eyes because you are going to meet a she monkey. The people here are human beings. The people there are not human beings. In fact, I don't love her. I'm punishing her. That's why I put her at Embakasi. And I don't love, uh, who else do I? I don't love Stano. So I put him there. Uh-huh. And then who do I love? Apache people, they are not here. That's why I sent you there anyway. Uh, I, I don't love that one. So I sent, I sent her to Apache. That, that's it. That's what you're trying to say. That when I send you to go and be with another, oh, we are not willing. That's how come one day I will instruct a pastor, live here and go here. And you say, Charlie, come and come for this small church. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a church where I feel I am happy. Yes, because we are not willing. He said, the potter was designing a clay. Every pastor is like a potter. And then as he designed the jar, the thing was not looking. There was a smoothness he wanted. There was a, the thing was not coming out as he wanted. So the Bible said he crashed it into a lump of clay again and started over. I, I won't teach this now. I'll, I'll go deeper. But for now, just know that there's a crashing whenever God is working with you. Yes. Me, God has crashed me before. Yes. I can remember two seasons of my life God has crashed me. Eh? This one, one small ministry we are all trying to do. Must somebody be this difficult? <laughs> the potter is difficult. <laughs> the potter is very difficult. Do you see any difficulty in the working of the potter? No. The potter is looking for a certain beauty. What you are calling difficulty is a certain you, what's that word you taught me? Finesse. 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 He's looking for a certain finesse. He's looking for a certain smoothness. It's, ah, even though I've spent two years, or even though I've spent two hours doing this jar, it still doesn't fit there. Let me do what? Crash it into a lamp again. And start over again. That's where you see Hakietu. Hakiangu. They are trampling on my right. Hey. 
Anyway, go deeper when I come back. They understand. Yeah. So I don't even, in fact, we are not praying this prayer. Lift your two hands. It won't, it won't help me at all. <laughs> it's going to be deep. Yeah. And I know that Benson will not come. Now that I've given you warning shots. Po, po, po. Yes. <laughs> Thank God I'm not coming. <laughs> right, yeah. Some people, once they hear the warning shots, they avoid the next service and they'll come after the real shot has been fired. Hey. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this season that we're even able to separate ourselves. Many things are going on around our lives. Many things are needed. Many things are fighting us. But Lord, we've chosen this time to focus on you, to wait before you. May this mountain bring us immense spiritual benefit. When we come down from this mountain, Lord, rearrange things in our lives. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you.